0: Coming up on today's Locked On Senators. Last night on Insider Trading, Pierre Lebrun reported that the Alex Debrinket camp has given a list of preferred destinations to the Ottawa Senators. Is this just continued due diligence or is it the beginning of the end of the cat in Ottawa?
1: And we continue our NHL draft prospect profiles with a awesome trio of players,
0: including our first OHL prospect. And a dynamic offensive defenseman today's episode is brought to you by the game time app download the game time app create an account and use code locked on nhl for twenty dollars off your first ticket purchase this is the locked on senators podcast it's your team every Your locked on senators your daily podcast on the ottawa senators part of the locked on podcast network your team every day
1: I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Schlitzler, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators Podcast.
0: Welcome inside episode 816 of the Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Ross Levitan on the outskirts of enemy territory in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Alongside Brandon Piller up in the Blue Mountains, please like and subscribe Wherever you download your podcast, we're also available on YouTube where you can go and find all of our 2023 NHL draft coverage, individual player profiles, and a whole lot more. Today is Thursday, June 8th, and Pillsy, have we meowed for the final time? It's
1: quite possible, Ross, as uh, the cat has made it known he does not want to stay here at least long-term him and his agent have notified the Ottawa senators that they are not interested in signing a long-term extension with the Ottawa senators and right. they have yeah yeah I mean I don't see that changing and they have uh, sent in a list of preferred teams for to out to get traded to so this is a big domino to fall in the Alex DeBrinket discussion of uh, this offseason for the Sens.
0: And Pierre Dorian told us last Wednesday he was expecting about 10 days that we'd have to know what, or at least the team would have to know where they're at with Alex DeBrinket. Yep. and it's been eight days. And it seems like the domino has fallen. Now, there's a lots of fallout we can get into with Alex DeBrinket. Do they still qualify him? Yes. You're not going to just give him away for nothing. You qualify him to keep that asset. But then the clock really starts ticking because if he accepts that qualifying offer, I believe he has to wait till January to negotiate another deal, right? If you sign a one-year deal, that's what happened with Mark Stone when he took his one-year deal. You want to get the most value possible if you're going to move on from Alex to Brinkett. And that would be with an extension, which is where the trade list comes in. The Senators can trade him to 31 different teams. Doesn't matter. What does matter is if he does sign an extension, maybe you can get a little more value. I say maybe because Mark Stone signed an extension in Vegas. Did they get more value? I wonder what the deals looked like without an extension, if that is the case. so Although,
1: Ross, before I move on, though, Pierre LeBron did report uh, recently about the Mark Stone trade that Stone had mentioned he was only willing to sign an extension with Vegas. So
0: Whereas it seems like it's a five-team list and, It's all speculation, but Pierre Lebrun named the Vegas Golden Knights, the Dallas Stars, and Nashville Predators, and the hometown Detroit Red Wings as the teams. I don't really care about trading them in the division or not. I really really don't. Do you? I mean, it's obviously not preferred, but I'm not one of those guys that's like,
1: under no circumstances can you trade them in the division. You trade him to the team that gives you the best deal. If you like, that's such beta energy being so concerned about making another team good. Like, I don't give a damn where Alex Debrinket goes. If he's not on the Ottawa Senators, I'm not that concerned about it. So, yeah, I'm not sitting here being like, we can't help out the Detroit Red Wings. Well, if you trade Alex Debrinket to the Detroit Red Wings, they better be helping the Sens out in that deal as well. So I I don't really buy into that whole narrative.
0: And the Detroit Red Wings have a ton of assets, including the ninth oh, overall yeah. pick in this draft. I believe they draft 18th as well. They have 40-41-42 in the draft. They have three picks in a row in the second round. So they are a team that could be a trading match. It's almost like the sure Pierre-Luc Dubois, which is another note on insider trade. And stop it. With the Pierre-Luc Dubois to Ottawa for Alex it That is just not going to happen. Everybody says no. Both no. players yeah. don't want it. Both teams don't want it. It just makes absolutely no sense. Yeah. stop it with that. And,
1: and Ross, you mentioned that the Sens can trade Alex Dabrinkit to 31 teams. 30. Uh, I would uh, probably put that at 25. I think Alex Dabrinkit is kind of making it clear he doesn't want to be in Canada. And you know what?
0: He didn't even want to play in Canada in the OHL. He played for Erie.
1: Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, exactly. So that's, that's the thing. Like, I just think some of these American guys, they don't want to be in Canada for whatever different reasons that is. That's, that's their own uh, opinions and that's fine. But uh, I would be shocked if Debrinket had any notion of going anywhere else in Canada.
0: This is not an indictment on the Ottawa Senators, though, who have a ton of American-born players. And the yep. culture seems great. Mimi tweeted out, sends underscore in underscore sash. Great follow on Twitter. Imagine leaving these guys. Remember Al- after Alex Debray yeah. beat the wheels off of Joel Farabee late in the season? All the boys come into the box, giving him taps. Everybody's fired up for him. And, like, that's the culture that's been built thanks to Brady Kachuk and, and the guys who have kind of fallen in place behind the leader of this team. If he doesn't want to be, I'm not going to lose a whole lot of sleep over it. So goal scoring was not the issue for the Ottawa Senators this past season. Oh, if only they had a guy that could add to the lineup that's a 40 goal scorer. Oh, wait, Josh Norris missed all of last year. It's a real shame that the Senators felt like they rounded out their top six only to have it play five games together. It was a real shame in all this. But long term, like if this helps you sign Jake Sanderson, bring in a goalie, bring in a middle six depth piece... I don't see it as like the be all end all as long as you're not trading them for pennies on the dollar. After you felt like you stole them last year for the seventh overall pick, Kevin Korczynski ended up being a second and a third. Like what's the deal going to look like if you can recoup as, as close to that amount of assets, I'm not, I'm not really going to lose a whole lot of sleep over it. It was a nice kind of luxury purchase. But if you have what, what would it be? Four forwards making 8 million. Sorry. The senators would say Josh Norris makes under 8 million at yes. 7.955. But like that's a lot tied up into those four guys and the decor. Like you're one year away from having to give uh, Jake Sanderson what a six, seven million dollar raise mm-hmm. on the cap. Then a year after it's Jacob Chickren's turn to get paid on the back end. And you don't want to forget about defense in your rebuild, Pilzi. So I am curious. Like, of course, you'd love to have Alex to bring it sign. I'm not trying to cope that it's all in likelihood. He's gone. He doesn't want to be
1: here. He sucked anyways. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, he probably hit more posts than back of the nets this year. But you think that that's actually a sign that next year, he's going to be back to the 40-goal score that the Sens thought they were getting. He scored 27. He also, what was it? From January 1st to mid-March, he had three even-strength goals. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: It was was an even-strength drought. That's for sure.
0: Defensively, one of the worst plus-minus on the team. Same with Drake. That whole second line. it, It was just tough. And obviously, it all stems from down the middle, not having your Stutzla-Norris one-two punch that you'd kind of put all your eggs in that basket. You'd given them a combined cat. Well, I guess no, because Timmy's extension hasn't even hit. But basically, you gave them two of the richest deals in franchise history Mm -hmm. going into this season. So clearly, they believe in Josh Norris, Tim Stutzla down the middle. I believe in Josh Norris, Tim Stutzla down the middle. I believe that this team is ready to take a step. And if Alex Debrinkit spent a year in it and doesn't want to be a part of it, best of luck to you. I'm probably going to boom his first time back. It's not going to be a hate thing. It's not going to be a personal thing. It's going to be a, hey, if you're not with us, I'm not going to let it be comfortable for you when you come back. You're only here a year. It's not like we're going to stand up and give him a, if this guy gets a standing ovation on the video tribute, which is what I feel like some of the people in the, I'm going to pull up the poll because 53, 47% very close will you boo alex to his when he comes back to ottawa i think it's more of like if you give him a standing ovation for his video tribute after one season maybe it's almost like those are the two extremes some people I are just, they oh, are, yeah. thanks for being here thanks for being here and the others are like oh i hate you because you left like I, I think we're probably somewhere in the middle but for the gamesmanship aspect of it i don't want it to be comfortable for him when he comes back into this barn no, I, and I appreciate that, Ross. I'm,
1: I'm on the no-boo si- side of that argument for me just because... And it's sad to think this, but Alex DeBrinket didn't really move the needle too much for me. And he was supposed to. He a, a two-time 40-plus goal scorer. But, like, him leaving doesn't really crush me. Like, I don't care that much about it. Like, we talked about this, Ross. Like, Alex DeBrinket on this Ottawa Senators roster is the forward I care sixth or maybe fifth most about, Name right? Of them. I mean, Brady Kachuk, Tim Stutzla, Khloe Giroux, Drake ba- or, uh, Josh Norris, and then maybe you bump him ahead of Drake Bathson. But he's like, so yeah, there's four forwards that I care a lot more than Alex Dabrinkit about. So if he wants to, like, if this was if this is the Danny Heatley type conversation and he's the guy and he's scoring 50 plus goals and everything that went on behind the scenes and he leaves yeah you boo the crap out of that guy cuz he kind of kind of screwed you over whereas Alex DeBrinkart look he got traded here he didn't ask for a trade here he didn't sign here he didn't say at no time did Alex DeBrinkart say he was going to commit here long term he was very clear that he was figuring things out so after a year he decides hey this isn't for me you know what cool i don't i don't really care if
0: if you don't want to be here long term leave get out yeah fair and as long as you move him this year right and if he was a 6.4 million dollar qualifying offer i would almost say because it sounds which this seems like the biggest cop-out that he's waiting for ownership like come on and for people saying that oh dj smith is the reason he's leaving a coach with one year left on his deal that has no assurances that he's even going to yes. coach another game with the Senators, if that's what's stopping a guy from signing an eight-year contract for probably $64 million yeah, or life-changing more...
1: Life-changing money, yeah.
0: That that just doesn't compute.
1: And, and, and Ross... Like, we're not talking about John Tortorella, Daryl Sutter, or Mike Babcock here. Like, DJ Smith, like, it's not like DJ is making Alex Brinkett's life absolute hell. Like, there, there's no way. Maybe they have different opinions on how to run the, offense, the and, offense and way. how to and how to use the Brinkett, sure. But Alex Brinkett isn't going home being like, man, this guy is abusing me. Like, he's making my life hell. I'm... I can't stand him anymore. There's no way. And I mean, I guess I'm just assuming that. I don't know that. But I can't see that. DJ Smith does not seem like that kind of coach.
0: Wait, you don't think Alex Debrinkett has DJ Smith's face on a dartboard at home and he just goes home and just rips darts, throwing him right, tries to hit him right between the eyes every shot? Well,
1: Ross, if he did that, he would probably hit the edge of the dartboard every time and the dart would fall off and hit the floor.
0: Stop. Okay, we tweeted out at Sen Central with Bruce Garriac, who initially reported that Alex Dabrinkit is not interested in re-signing long-term in Ottawa. Will you boo him his first game back in town as a road player? Over 3,000 votes with still six hours left, so go have your say on Twitter at Send Central. Yes or no? 53.7% said yes. And we have over 70 replies, people calling me a loser, people saying that I'm a baby, loser energy. No. This is the same fan base that booed P.K. Subban just because he's a good hockey player. Come on. (laughs) It's all fun. It's all entertainment. The the NHL needs more heels. They need more people. I hope that on the way out, DeBrinckit says, downtown Ottawa is gross. (laughs) They don't even have a Chipotle here. What is going on? (laughs) That's what I want them. Like, throw dirt at us on the way out. Let's get some real, like, entertainment value. Because then, now, everyone will turn to their calendar, circle the date he comes back, like, the vibe in the arena, and I'm curious how many people remember this one. The first game that Danny Heatley came back, and not to compare the two other than they're both snipers, obviously the way they uh, are leaving or have left, obviously, it's kind of strange because it feels like this is a post-mortem for Alex it. He's still on the team, technically. RFA I mean, he's not signed, yeah. And all that. Um, Chris Neal threw an enormous hit on Danny Heatley right by the benches. Heatley just thought he was dumping me off and, and turning to change. He went to change, and Neil just threw him. The crowd has never been louder in that rink. Like, that's the I just want a little animosity. That's what it's all about. So it. it's nothing personal. If he wants his family to be in the States, power to you. These are business decision boos. Business decision booze. That's what it is. But let us know in the comments what you think. Alex Debrinket, 27 goals this year, but could he bounce back, score 40 plus next year? I just don't see him as a better hockey decision than to stay in Ottawa. I really don't. I see this as a team on the rise. And if you want to be a part of it, power to you. If you don't, power to you. But as a fan, I'm not going to be like, I don't know. I don't even know if he makes sense abroad. Like he might not be able to bump Michael Amadio out of a third line wing spot on the Sends Abroad squad
1: yeah we'll we'll, uh, we'll cross that bridge when we get there
0: yes yes uh and another option do you make a bully offer to alex to bring it pierre dorian told us very loud and clear they want him here do you do you step up do you give him an offer he cannot refuse that's not that's not off the table like if you offer alex to bring it what would it be like an eight by nine plus million contract like if he's in his right, unless he really doesn't want to be here, like that's, you got to think that would be something he'd take into consideration. No,
1: I don't think so, Ross. I think his mind's made up. Uh, The ownership still is not settled. I I think the only, the only way you're keeping him and sorry to keep, uh, I feel like the little drummer boy here, just playing the same tune over and over again. But the only way that makes sense for me to keep him is do a midterm deal somewhere. 2 3 years i guess 2 is a short term deal but you know what i mean like if you're going to do that ross then sure knock his socks off with a high aav short term i think that you could try that but
0: yeah you, i was i know i noticed that when bruce garyox wording said long term i'm like pilzy's going to go back and triple down on his two or three year contract offer
1: that's what i'm doing here but the thing is ross it's like and uh you and i are sports gamblers so we know this Responsibly. Put, yes, of course, responsibly. You put a bet in on a team you feel good about them. They go down one nothing. You're like, ooh, they're probably not going to win. But now, if if I just push in more, then I can cash in more. So you chase the bet. So you put another live bet in even bigger. Then they tie it up 1-1. Okay, it's looking good. So you push in even more. You, you really ride this bet. And then they lose the game 2-1. And you're like, why didn't I just stick with my original gut intention? So the last thing you want to do here is chase your bet with Alex to it Because the issue is, what if you put that bully bet in and he takes it? Well, now you, you feel like, sure, you got what you wanted. You got the guy. But you overpaid big time for him. And he doesn't even want to be here. He just took it for the money. So that is not something I would do.
0: Ah. An off season without drama in the nation's capital, nope, impossible, not yeah. possible. But hey, lots to be excited about for this team too. But this now has made the road to the NHL draft that much more interesting. Could the Senators turn around and get a draft pick? I don't yeah. think fans would be happy about that, though. They want a hockey trade. They want to go out and get a proven player. Let us know in the comments who should the Sens be targeting in an Alex oh Brinkett trade. Pillsy loves mock trades. Give Pillsy uh, all the mock trades. In the comments. Coming up next, we've got Gabe Perot, Axel Sandine Pelika, and Colby Barlow. NHL draft profiles continue. You're listening to Locked On Senators.
1: Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Game Time. If you want to be one of those fans and Alex DeBrinkett's return to Ottawa, you can get your tickets at game time. And hey, maybe you want to plan ahead and do that as soon as soon as we know, or the night of you're like. You know what? I want to be right beside Ross Levitan booing Alex Debrink. I'm going to buy a ticket right away. You can do that at game time. Or, hey. Respectful booing. uh, Business decision booze. Yes. Um, or maybe you're not a sports fan. Maybe you want to hit some sweet concerts this summer, or maybe you want to have a couple laughs, go to a comedy show, or you like theater, classic theater, uh, musical theater, whatever. You can find any ticket you want on GameTime, and they are the best app to do it. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets all over the place, and the Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. In fact, if you find tickets in the same section in a row for less game time will credit you 110% of the difference. You get images of your seat before you buy, so you know what to expect before you sit down. You can buy your tickets in a matter of seconds, just two taps, one, two, boom, they're on your phone, you're good to go. So Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LockedOnNHL for twenty bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, guys, create an account. Already in code LockedOnNHL for twenty bucks off. Download the GameTime app today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed.
0: Today's episode is also brought to you by Shawarma Palace. My uh, fiance's sister just went to Ottawa and for a conference, and she had never been. I gave her one direction i said go to shawarma palace i wish i had my phone i could read the exact message i got it was along the lines of that place is unreal i shared a platter with my friend and we still had half of it left we were so fuel filled we loved every bite of it and there's still more because they do not sacrifice the portion size because of the great flavor you can go to any of their seven locations and follow them on instagram for all of the latest deals and notes. They also are taking in people. If the smoke, the wildfires, everything is getting to you, go have a seat at Shawarma Palace. It's like family at Shawarma Palace. So go find them on Instagram, Shawarma Palace Ottawa. Shawarma Palace Ottawa, also on Twitter, and go check them out at any of their seven locations across the nation's capital, from Carleton University campus to the Salem Ross Shopping Center. Lots of great spots to get a Shawarma Palace. So go eat like a royal eat. At Shawarma Palace. All right, Pillsy. Give me a uh, Pillsy's percentage on an Alex DeBrinka trade. Where Where are you at right now?
1: Ooh, uh, what's the timeline on this?
0: No, no, this summer.
1: Just in general, before the season starts. Yes. 75%.
0: Now, do uh, before the draft? 60. Okay. I'm going to say 80% before the draft, 95% before the season. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. Coming up at number 12 on our locked on Senators NHL draft rankings, it's Gabe. Perot. Pillsy, we've been doing this so long. We're getting brothers. In 2020, we profiled his brother and now it's Gabe Perot's turn and this guy just had a historic season at the U.S. National Team Development Program.
1: This kid puts up points. We already talked about his two line mates in Will Smith and Ryan Leonard and now it's time to get to Gabe Perot. You mentioned it. We were looking at Will Smith and we're like, oh man, how how much did he lead this team in points by? He didn't even lead the team in points. It's Gabe Perot that led the team in points. And Gabe Perot didn't just lead the team in points. He broke an all time US NTDP record. Not Austin Matthews, not Jack Hughes. No, Gabe Perot is the holder of most points by the US program with 132 points in 63 games. Wow.
0: It is shocking. Like, did they lose any games last year? They had, like, three guys with 100 points. I
1: mean, if they did, it's like 7-6 OT loss. <laughs> like,
0: yeah. so, well, I mean, this guy was, what, a plus 79 last year? <laughs> like, this, this is absolutely outrageous. what When your plus minus is more than your games played, that's incredible. You're doing pretty well. Gabe Perot's a left wing. He's a little undersized. 5'11", 165. Who's to say he can't grow into that that frame we already talked about the point totals most in a single season in the program's history 132 points only eight penalty minutes 53 goals in 63 games and the rankings for once almost seem to have a consensus if you take out the top and bottom it's nine to 15 like That's the range where you're looking at Gabe Perot. If he was Matthew Wood's size, he probably goes top five in this draft. And you look at just what he does in the offensive zone. The creativity is unreal. And I I don't buy the fact, and some people are saying like, yeah, he's he's benefiting of Will Smith's elite playmaking ability. And I'm not saying that Will Smith isn't an amazing playmaker, but I'm saying that this guy's able to create for himself as well. Ross, I think not only is he able to create for himself,
1: from the highlights I watched, and I'm, I'm sure some scouts that have watched much more uh, film on uh, the U.S. program would tell me different, but that's fine. I'll put my stance here it seemed like Gabe Pro was kind of driving that line. Like he was the one that's setting everything up because Ryan Leonard, he's your classic power forward, big, strong guy, meat, potatoes type game. I'm going to get pucks on net. Will Smith is the guy with all the flashy skill and he's got a little more size and he's the big name prospect, but Don't forget about Gabe Perot here. He was a big... I mean, when you break an all-time record for points and you lead the team in points, that goes without saying. But he was a guy that, from the highlights I watched, it really seemed that he had the most complete tool set offensively than any of those guys. He's got the vision. He's got the playmaking ability. He's got the creativity. He's got the soft hands. I mean, there was one highlight, Ross, where he there was... It was just him in the offensive zone with the puck. Four Swiss defenders were in a box uh, in the slot. And he went through all four of those guys and slipped it past the goalie. Like, I was just amazed at what he was able to do. And when you watch more highlights of him, it really shows that, yeah, this guy guy is supporting his teammates more than his teammates are supporting him, at least from my vantage
0: point. And one other thing I really love from watching the highlights, it seems like it's on his stick, off his stick. Like yeah. he's able, like, especially when he's breaking out of his defensive zone and don't get it twisted. We're going to get to a two way forward mm-hmm. later in the show. This guy is all offense all the time. Like yes. he wants to puck <laughs> on his stick. There's, he's not going to be on an NHL penalty killing unit anytime soon. No, no,
1: definitely not. Yeah.
0: But when he gets the puck, when they're breaking out of the zone, He's able to hold on to it just long enough that guys will come towards him and boom, it's off his stick again. He's able to play that give and go style. And in the offensive zone, man, it's just creative genius around his game. And I, I love it. I think a team, especially if you already have like a defensive mind, you know who, who really stands out here? I don't think he's going to be on the board late enough, but maybe they're even going to be aggressive to jump up. I see a perfect fit in Nashville where you hear Barry Trotz coming mm-hmm. in as the PM. Do you know what he said? Give me high swing upside picks. I will fill in the lineup with the guys who can play defense. This is the definition of a home run swing because you're banking on the production to translate. And there's a bit of... unprojectability if that's a word but there's a bit of risk I guess in the projectability of the style of game he plays will it work in such a structured game like the NHL because he kind of banks on guys to get out of position defensively to attach to him and then he makes his play so I am worried a little bit about that but the the jaw-dropping skill is is clearly clearly there when you watch his tape
1: yeah absolutely and Ross it's it's funny you mentioned Nashville because I know player comparables haven't exactly been my uh, expertise, so I'm going to use the EP wording, shades of. I really like that. I think that's a better term for it. The shades of that I came up with for Gabe Pro Matt Duchesne. And I know Matt Duchesne plays a lot of center, but he also plays the wing. Gabe Pro's is a winger. And what made me think about this is think of Matt Duchesne in Ottawa. Like, I know those were... I don't like thinking about those times. But I'm not, don't think about those Ottawa senators. Think about Matt Duchesne in Ottawa. He played some of the most incredible, meaningless games I've ever seen. Like, he was pretty much a point per game guy. He was exactly what the Ottawa senators wanted and gave up a lot of assets for. Like, he, I'm not putting that failure on Matt Duchesne. He did what he needed to do. And when he was on the ice, he was weaving through guys. He was setting guys up. Like, I really see a lot of Matt Duchesne and Gabe Pro. So that's interesting you mentioned Nashville there.
0: Yeah, I like that. And, I mean, his dad played a cup of coffee in Nashville. 69 games had 57 points, actually. was his most productive NHL season uh, was yeah. oh. with the Nashville Predators. But his dad played almost 900 games, played 860 NHL games, plus 54 more in the postseason. You might remember him as a part of the Leafs' team's who beat Ottawa in the early 2000s, the Yannick Perreault, great face-off guy, but yeah, his son's a winger, just like his brother, uh, Jacob Perreault, who's now playing with the San Diego Gulls, kind of had a bit of a lull this year with them, a lull for the Gulls, my goodness, end the show right now. But no, when you're talking about Gabe Perreault, you're talking about a guy who brings it offensively. What are the scouts saying about Gabe Perot? The scouts are saying in the EP draft guide, who actually has him ranked lower than most, the starting point in any conversation about Pro's game is his hockey sense. He's among the most intelligent players in this class, even convincing some are ranks that he was a superior thinker to his linemate Will Smith at times. Scott Wheeler says he's clever beyond belief, maneuverable facilitator and playmaker who plays the game with a light touch and a heady spatial awareness of not only where his teammates are, but where he is in the flow of games, which kind of speaks to what I'm saying about being able to kind of draw defenders to him and make plays, be able to really di- distribute the puck offensive uh, in, in the offensive zone. So huge Jacob Burrow fan. I-, I think he's going to be the kind of guy who winds up on a lot of highlight reels, maybe at both ends of the ice though.
1: Yeah. You mean Gabe, you're a huge Gabe pro fan. I mean, maybe you're a Jacob pro fan as well, but uh, yeah. And I think that EP quote is, and there's a third Jeremy pro coming soon. Okay, we'll we'll hit him next draft, I'm sure. Oh, he's actually 24. He's aged out, so sorry, bud. Okay, so we won't. Um, but EP's quote is similar to what I was saying. Like, I'm glad that uh, I kind of got some vindication there. Like, I looked at Gabe Pro, and I was like, why is he so far behind in the rankings than Will Smith and Ryan Leonard? Like, sometimes I was like... Will Smith is lucky to play with Gabe Perot. Like, that's how I felt. So that's interesting that some of the uh, scouts in EP feel the same way because this kid is talented. And I really think, Ross, whoever gets him, he's going to be a really good second-line winger, in my opinion. And he's going to play on a top power play. And I I just think his ranking is not necessarily going to line up with where he's going to be picked. I think a team's going to get very lucky in snagging him in the low teens.
0: Don't know where he's going to be picked, but we do know where he's going to play next year with both his line mates, Will Smith and Ryan Leonard. He will be taking his talents to Boston where he'll play with the Boston College Eagles. and Shipping right, off to Boston. We haven't even mentioned 18 points in seven games at the World Under-18s. A very skilled player. It's Gabe Perot. For more on our NHL draft coverage, you can head over to the Locked On Senators YouTube channel where our individual profiles will live forever. All right, coming up on Locked On Senators, two more profiles to get to. One, dynamic defenseman with shades of a former senator and a a power forward who would love to be on a team like the Ottawa Senators. That's all coming up next. You're listening to Locked On Senators.
1: Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Bird Dogs. Guys, the summer weather is here and it's time for shorts. It's time for bird dogs. Bird dogs are, I'll say it, Ross, the most comfortable shorts I've ever worn. And recently I invested in another company uh, shorts and I paid top dollar for them, and they're nice. Mm. But bird dog shorts are better and for a much better price. They're more versatile. I said it every time, but that lining that they have in their shorts makes it comfy. If you start getting a little sweaty in the summer, it's not going to be as um, up against your skin as the other shorts because they've got that lining in there to create a layer of protection. You can wear them uh, on a hike you can wear them playing tennis, you can wear them uh, going out for drinks with friends, you can wear them literally anywhere, I love it, they have so many fun different styles, colors, you can get your shorts in six inch inseam, seven inch inseam, I'm a seven inch uh, inseam guy, or the nine inch inseam if you want a little more length there, so you got to check out Bird Dogs today guys, and if you do, Go to birddogs.com slash locked on NHL. And when you enter a promo code locked on NHL, they'll throw in a free custom Yeti style tumbler. Ross, I've got it right here for the people watching on YouTube. Check that out. That's a nice tumbler You can add to your collection so you can get your coffee or keep your drinks cold on the go. And you're going to get that for free. When you go to birddogs.com slash locked on NHL and enter promo code locked on NHL. So check them out today. It's Bird Dogs.
0: All right, Pilsy. Here we go. Getting into a rhythm. If you've missed any of our draft profiles, as I keep mentioning, they are on YouTube. Not only that, they're going to be a great resource on draft night to be able to go back every time there's a pick know exactly what that team's getting and how it can affect your ottawa senators going forward all right coming in at number 13 on our locked on senators nhl draft rankings for 2023 it's our second swede our second defenseman it's axel sandin pelica
1: This defenseman is very different than our first defenseman in David Reinbacker, Ross. Uh, I I would, uh, I would go as far to say the complete opposite of David Reinbacker here, but that's not to say it's a bad thing because there are so many good things that uh, Axel Sandin Palika does well. And, watching highlights of him, Ross, the first thing I noticed is this kid is just so smooth and shifty. Like he excels at carrying the puck up the ice and entering the offensive zone. And he's one of those defensemen. I like using the analogy of a point guard in basketball. Like no matter what happens, you hand the ball off to him and he starts to play. Teammates are glad to defer to doing that. And no matter who scoops up the loose puck or whatever, Give it to Sandine Palika. Let him start everything. And you see the success that he has in transition, and you can understand why that's their mindset.
0: And not only that, for his size, I saw him throw a few huge hits. This oh, guy, yeah? Yeah, man, a couple of them, especially internationally. I saw it, and you don't really expect it from It's not his game, but the fact that he has a little bit of that really gets me fired up. When you look at Axel Sandin-Pelika, he's a guy who's five 5'11", 176 pounds. He played primarily with Shaleftia in the J20 League, but he also played 22 games at the SHL level. Because of the limited time on ice, we decided to use his stats from the J20, and he's probably glad we did, because as a defenseman, he had 16 goals and 20 assists in 31 games. That's 36 points. 64 penalty minutes and then internationally he was outstanding he played top four at the world juniors for team sweden that's the under 20s and then at the under 18s at the end of the year he was named the top defenseman in the tournament because he had 11 points in seven games pillsy i think people get the hint here that this guy is an offensive point producer that you can visualize seeing on a power play unit one day in the National Hockey League. He's ranked as high as fifth, Pilsy, with Craig Button. Why don't you take us through the rest of our rankings there for our listeners?
1: Absolutely. So, Bob McKenzie did not have him ranked, but keep in mind, Bob McKenzie just did a top 12. Craig Button had him at fifth. Corey Pronman all the way at 22. So, Ross, that's the third time we've kind of raised our eyebrows at Corey Pronman having guys very low. So, that's interesting to note. Scott Wheeler at 16, Rachel Doherty had him at 7, Chris Peters at 16, Elite Prospects at 15, and an average rank of 14.6. So I feel like in the mid-teens is uh, is a fair spot to put Axel Sandine pelika
0: Do you think he's the kind of defenseman, though, that a team, if they like him, we've only profiled one defenseman. We're at 13th in terms of our average rankings, where if a team wants a defenseman, they really like him, they might take him in the top 10. I'm not so convinced top ten, but you ne- you never know. Like
1: I, I do think that uh, if a team is looking for a defenseman and Reinbacher goes, you could see a quick trade up, and th- they just say we don't care what we're giving up, we we need
0: this guy. Hey, the last time a defenseman didn't go in the top five was 2003. We mentioned that when we talked yep. about Reinbacher. Well, guess what? Defenseman went seven, eight, nine. So it's almost like when one goes off the board, it's like okay, time to go get our defenseman. Yep,
1: absolutely. And we've seen that with goalies in the past in drafts too, right? The first uh, top goalie goes and then teams trade up and it's like four goalies in a row. So we've seen that type of uh, behavior before at the draft. And, and Ross, like the thing that I like about um, sandine Palika so much is he's so good at carrying the puck into the zone, but he already has a plan for what he's going to do with it. Some defensemen, they just speed into the zone and then they don't know what they're going to do with it. And then they're in the corner and there's two uh, opposing players just forcing them in the corner. And then they just try to do a risky pass and turn it over. And then it's like, well, who cares if you brought it into the zone, if you just turn it over and now you're going to be the last man back because you're so deep into the zone, right? That's not necessarily a good thing. So what uh, Sandine Palika does that I like is he can, before he enters the zone, it seems like he's already decided if he has the room and space to keep going and keep skating and drive towards the net. Or if he needs to slow up and hit a trailing player with the pass so they can do it. And I, I find that very valuable. And the thing is, he's able to do that because he has such slick hands. You have to respect the ability that he can just weave through uh, any defenders. And he's even so good with um, with his hands, Ross, that he's often used. I saw multiple highlights of him used in the shootout. he He's not just a defenseman going in there trying to rip a, a, a clapper past a goalie or or just try to beat a goalie with a nice wrist shot. He's pulling off insane moves and making goalies look silly in the shootout. So that's nice to have in your back pocket, a little defenseman shootout specialist.
0: Pillsy, this player comparable might not land for Sens fans or fans of, uh, well, the Arizona Coyotes or Chicago Blackhawks who didn't see the version that we saw of Magic Number 7, but I see this Schleftia jersey flying around the ice, I get shades of David Runblad from it. His- <laughs> That's not
1: where I thought you were going with this.
0: The right shot just weaving through everybody, just making it look so easy. It's just, and if you haven't seen that YouTube video, Magic No. 7, David Runblad might be the best mixtape in NHL history it is so ridiculous like Linus Omar, or Linus Omark type things where it didn't really work out in the NHL but you look at what they did in Europe it's crazy I don't know if he's still gonna have that same issue I see him being definitely an NHLer but I worry he could almost be like I don't know a third pair guy that plays on the top power play like kind of just an offensive guy who plays 14 minutes a night but six of those are on the power play you know what I mean and And he's effective in that role, but I just don't know if that's the type of defenseman, especially in this deep draft, that you want to spend a top 10 pick on. I like the player. He'd probably be like a a four-star guy for me overall, but he, to me, is the perfect. like. If you get him 15 or later, you're laughing. If you reach up, I'm like, ah, did you leave a little value on the board?
1: Yeah, and that's fair. And it's all about what teams want, right? Like if, if you're just after a defenseman, uh, I think your teams aren't going to be that worried about the assets they give up to trade to get them. Uh, But I agree. I don't see him as a top pair defenseman. I see him as a guy that's going to be a, a four or five defenseman on a team and play some power play time. And maybe like I mentioned, be a shootout specialist because uh, the thing is he's really not a great defender away from the puck like he has a tough time boxing out opponents um i don't want to say he seems disinterested but this is a player that like there's two there's two players here there's axel sandin palico when he has the puck and axing sandin palico when he doesn't have the puck and they're two very different players in my opinion
0: and as Corey promen says his defense will be his main question at the nhl level but i do think he plays hard enough to be a top four defenseman Meanwhile, Chris Peters says with his lack of size and not as much of a dynamic skill set, which I kind of disagree with, there are definitely real questions about his ability to play significant minutes at the NHL level. That being said, he's among the best puck-moving defensemen in this class with exceptional vision and passing ability. So it is a bit of a wide scope when it comes to Axel Sandy, and pelika but I, I do think that he's going to be a guy who, for at least next year when he's still overseas, you're going to be like, oh, wow. His, his highlight reels showing up every once in a while. He's going to be sick at the World Juniors, that sort of thing. So I could see him being a big riser. He's kind of risen from the start of the year to where he is now. So when, when I look at kind of what he could be, it's that elite mobility that's going to allow him to do just that. So Axel Sandin-Pelika comes in at number 13 for us.
1: I have one question to wrap this discussion up. And this is a mock draft style question, not a rankings question. Do you anticipate Axel Sandin-Palika could be selected before David Reinbacker? No. No, me neither. But I think there's some teams, and as we saw from the rankings, like Craig Button, the difference between, uh, um, I'm going to try to find it here unless you have it handy, Ross, the rankings. But I think he has Sandin-Palika at uh, five yes. and Reinbacker all the way at 24. Correct. So, there are people that have that mindset that there's a big separation between these, and some of them lean towards uh, Sandine Palika.
0: Craig Button even has Tom Willander at number eight. So he doesn't even have uh, he doesn't even have David Reinbacker as his second best defenseman in this draft.
1: which yes, is- so it'll be interesting to see if other teams follow suit, but uh, I- I'm of the mindset mock draft style. Ryanbacker will be selected before any other defenseman in
0: this draft. For more Locked On Senators draft coverage, head to our YouTube page where they will all live forever. All right, coming in at number 14 on our 2023 Locked On Senators draft rankings, it's Colby Barlow, and I can't believe we're at 14, and this is our first OHL player. Pillsy. he plays like an OHL player, kind of the stereotype, big, tough, has some skill though.
1: Yep, I I like Kobe Barlow a lot. He plays in my neck of the woods in Owen Sound. He was born in uh, also uh, my area here in Aurelia, so a good Ontario kid. And this kid's just an absolute beauty. Like he's the captain of the Owen Sound attack. Uh, I watched some of his mic'd up uh, videos and he just gets the guys fired up. There's one quote I love, Ross Uh, Owen Sound was wearing their uh, black and red jerseys and he's skating around, shooting the puck in the net. And he goes up to the boys and he's like, boys, These jerseys are absolutely sick. I feel dangerous wearing
0: these. Sorry, what did you just say?
1: (laughs) These are absolutely sick.
0: That's absolutely sick.
1: Boom. There it is. Um, But this this kid, I'm going to say it, Ross. I think he has the best shot in the entire draft class for this draft. And this is a deep draft. And I would... Actually, as I'm saying that, maybe Connor Bedard might have a better shot. But like if we're just looking, if we're just looking at
0: it's almost like you have to take out Connor Bedard whenever we say that anyone's the best at anything.
1: Well, see, that's what I did. And then I was like, oh yeah, that generational talent guy. Yeah, yeah, right. Okay, so I'll take that back. Outside of Connor Bedard, he has the best shot in this draft class. Like it is absolutely incredible. Like I was I was laughing watching Kobe Barlow highlights because the release that he has, his one-timer, I I, I almost would say is NHL ready. Like, uh, if you tee him up perfectly on a one-timer on the right uh, faceoff dot, he's probably beating... NHL goalies right now and if you're watching on YouTube look at the picture of this guy like he this does not look like a a guy in his teens this looks like a guy that has already played uh, a handful of NHL seasons got a full beard he's got good frame six feet 190 pounds so this is someone that I think teams are going to be very excited about
0: Left shot, left wing, 59 games last year, 46 goals, 33 assists, good for 79 points, had 29 penalty minutes as well. And of all the players who we've ranked so far, this is the smallest range between any of them. It goes from 10 to 20. He's in the 10 to 20 range. And you got Craig Button at 10, Bob McKenzie at 11. Those two talk to more scouts. And this would be the type of guy where a team's like, that's my style of player. I want him. I think he could be a guy that goes higher than 14th on our list. I could see him going anywhere from 10 to 13 even, as high as that. As high as 10, I don't really see him being a top 10 pick, but close to it. Then you have a bit of a gap. Chris Peters has him at 15th. Scott Wheeler has him at 17th. Same with Elite prospects. So that's the average of 148 Play for Canada at the World Under-18s as well, was successful there with, well, three goals and an assist, four points in six games, and three goals in four playoff games. They lost out in the first round to the London Knights. Both his goals uh, came in the same game, had two fights in that series as well. So he's the type of guy where, yeah, I don't think fighting is a part of his game. You look, only 29 penalty minutes all season, but... When it comes to the, the high-octane games, when the games matter the most, he's the guy you want on your side because he's never going to give an inch in any sort of puck battle. He's the kind of guy good down low, great great on the boards. And as you mentioned it, put him in open space. He'll beat you clean with a wrister.
1: Yeah, and he's got a toe-drag wrister that beats goalies from mid-range. And he's able to have a sneaky release with that toe-drag. A goalie's not sure when he's going to
0: get that shot off. And you mentioned the... Oh, you, go ahead. Uh, you see what David St. Louis from Elite Prospect said. He goes, there's a quick release and a Barlow release. It's hey. light and fast. And his goal in a game report, he said, was one of the most impressive shots he's seen from anyone this entire draft season.
1: Okay. So there, I'm right there with David St. Louis on that. Um, and the you mentioned him uh, having a couple scraps in the playoffs. Well, I just feel like that's the leadership in him being like, all right, guys. I don't want to get swept here in the first round. Like let's go wakey, wakey boys. Like I'm the, I'm the top goal scorer here and I'm using my hands to fight to get us going here. So I I like that from him. And you mentioned he's going to win puck battles. He just, he seems like one of those guys that has the mindset. If it's him versus you in a puck battle, he wants it more than you. I'll tell you that for free. Like he wants that puck so damn bad that he's just going to outwill you and win those puck battles. So I'm a big fan of Kobe Barlow. I, I agree with you. I don't think he sneaks into the top 10, but this is such a deep draft. A team is going to get him in the mid to late teens, and I think they're going to be ecstatic about it.
0: He loves Sidney Crosby's leadership. He talks about that all the time. He watches his clips. So you can kind of see that, kind of that competitiveness, that drive yeah. that's made Sidney Crosby one of the greatest players of all time. I'm not saying Kobe Barlow has that same that <laughs> that Sidney Crosby does. But as uh, as Scott Wheeler put it, pro-build, pro-mentality, scoring tools, that's an appealing makeup to many, many NHL teams. And that's why we're going to see his name come off the board earlier rather than later. And I also love this quote from the Elite Prospects Draft Guide. Colby Barlow's one tough customer, maybe not a traditional power forward, but someone with a fair bit of size, snarl, and a shot that could put holes in the end boards. You want him on your team, you loathe to see him on the op- op- opposite bench that sort of guy. Meanwhile, Corey Promin says he projects as a top six wing who can play on both special teams. So when you talk about providing value to a team, you talk about playing in different situations. That's Colby Barlow.
1: Yeah, I agree. And Ross, like you look at the development curve for this guy. So in 2021, 2022, 59 games played 30 goals, 17 assists, good for 47 points. This year, Again, 59 uh, games played, but 46 goals. So 16 goal increase and 33 uh, assists. Um, Oh man, my math is not going to help me there. 16 assist increase there. Overall, it's 32 more points than he had last season in the same amount of games. So like this kid is, uh, he's ready to take the next step in my opinion.
0: That range from 10 to 14 like, the teams in there even more so make me believe that he's gone. Like, Vancouver at 11 could be a landing spot. Ooh. Arizona, they've got so much skill. Like, ha- have a guy who can provide a little bit different.
1: Imagine him and Gunther as a one-two punch on your top six.
0: Ooh. Crazy shooters, right? And then you've got Cooley distributing the, the biscuit, too. And then I look at 14 with the Pittsburgh Penguins, too. Like, what a guy to kind of start their retool, and we know if there's one thing we know about Kyle Dubas, he loves Ontario kids. Whether I know he didn't play in Sault Ste. Marie, but Owen Sound, <laughs> right, right, not too far away, right? But uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm gonna I'm gonna
1: check you on your Ontario geography there. Well, if you took a boat, actually, if you took a boat across Georgian Bay, you're looking all right.
0: Hey, as the boat flies, not like uh, <laughs> the boat flies as the boat flies. So as the boat floats at the boat floats. so that is colby barlow our first ontario hockey leaguer coming in at number 14 on our locked on senators nhl draft rankings that you can find each individual profile on our youtube page at locked on senators all right Pilsy, classic we've gone long any final thoughts on today's show game three
1: stanley cup finals ross
0: win must win for florida that's what Matthew kachuk said this morning
1: uh it definitely is a must win i would agree but do you think they get it done I i think they win this one
0: I think so. Uh, there's a stat Mike DiStefano from Lockdown Leafs was telling me last night on the national show where I think in the last, uh, I don't want to quote it because I'm I'm going to be wrong by a few, but of the teams that have fallen down 2-0 in the Stanley Cup final, like 80% of them win game three, including yeah. Ottawa. But then that was the only game they won.
1: Especially if you're coming home. Definitely. yeah, yeah. And Ross, I, I tipped you off to this and I want to tip off uh, our good listeners as well. Brandon Montour just had a baby. We know the baby bump is legit. He's been a little. Um, his baby offense is
0: gone because she had the kid.
1: yeah, but the the baby bump offensively she loops, um, gives him the bump. Yeah, true. Yeah, that's that's how that works. Yes, um, and he hasn't had the same offense that he's had all year. And no points playoffs. in his last nine games. So don't walk, run. To duel and get in your uh, Brandon Montour uh, prop bets. I know I'll be doing that.
0: I sent you mine. I've got him at one point, <laughs> one goal, one assist, two assists, two points, two goals. I am all over Brandon Montour. Love so it. I'm in a great mood tomorrow. It means Brandon Montour had a great game. Final thoughts for me. Owl & Co. merch looks absolutely stunning. I'm rocking it now. Our friend yep. Owl & Co. Go check them out, Owl and & Co. And we'll be back tomorrow with lots more to break down here. With Alex Dabrinkit news seemingly every day, any news from the scouting combines that continue this week, and a whole lot more. But for today, we say goodbye. For Brandon Pillar, I'm Ross Levitan, and this has been the Locked On Senators Podcast, your team every day.